right. <laughs> How do you start this naturally? Fucking hell. <laughs> Clear the throat. Hope the little one doesn't come up. Right, let's go. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Championship Clubs podcast. I'm Ross Hancock and I'm joined by pod regular and a man referred to by Gareth Elred as a poor man's Jim Hamilton. I prefer to call Jim Hamilton a poor man's Ben Gulliver myself, but it's our very own Cobskin, Ben Gulliver. Gully, how are you, mate? Hey, Ross, mate. Yeah, good to have you on again. Um, I'm glad you've did that because fucking Gareth has been trying to do that <laughs> for nearly two seasons now. So, yeah, I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, it's good, good to be uh, chatting champ rugby again because it's been a little while just with, with everyone's diaries, really. So it's just good to sort of cover off the last few weeks and, and see where we sit in the league and what's been going on because a few good stories out there. Definitely, yeah. We'll be uh, we'll be introducing today's guest in a, in a short while, but there's only one place to start, like you say, and, that, and that's to cover off some of the action since the last pod in Jan. And there's been plenty going on in this league, isn't there? Mate, yeah, there's been, um, like, Nathan Hughes rocked up for a game um, and actually looked like he bought in from, by all accounts, he was outstanding that night. Um, and it's it's quite nice that when the, when the, the big timers come in, they, they, they give it a good go. Um, Best player on the pitch by all accounts that evening. Uh, and then goes on to the following week, plays for Bath um, and is the best on the pitch again. So it's uh, yeah, a big story for the league. But also, um, you know, I think he, he showed the league a bit of respect, which is which is good for him as well. So I'm pleased that he's got his bounce back to uh, Bath. Yeah, definitely. I think that that put a little bit of a, of a light, shone, shone a light on the league, didn't it, that weekend? And, and the week after, everyone was talking about his, you know, who, who he was playing for in Hartbury. And, Oddly, they uh, they've been going quite well this season, and and Scottish, uh, you know, conversely haven't, and ended up being a high-scoring thirty-one all draw. And I think Hartbury needed the the last kick of the game to save it. But like you say, Nathan Hughes, outstanding player on the pitch that week, and uh, I believe he made our our team of the week that week, didn't he? He he did, he did, and it's <laughs> we can't forget Scottish going down there and picking up. Um, it'd have been three points, wouldn't it? And you know, yeah. I've been, been doing the predictions um, as a bit of a giggle getting stuck into the Scottish lads, um, thinking they're not, thinking they're going to win and then saying they're not. And then they, they can nearly go down and turn over Hartbury. And like you said, who've been, have been going great guns um, and a really difficult place to go, as you guys know, down at Pirates. So it's, um, yeah, yeah I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pleased that Scottish have, they turned the corner that day and then, and then it seems to, they're going to be battling all season. It's, it's just the nature of it. It's the, they've had a year out of the game. Uh, but yeah, they cool. seem to be um, seem to be going a little bit better, which is which is good for the league, as we know. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, and obviously, uh, it'd be remiss of me to not mention the uh, the viral video, shall we say, from Coventry with the uh, the sea shanty directed our way. Which just like to put on record at this point that that's probably the worst thing that could have happened to me in my job at Pirates, and that everybody is requesting a response shanty. Rest assured, there will be a response. It might not be the same thing, but. Yeah, that was uh, that was quite a big game, that wasn't it? Yeah, and going to the shanty is like, oh, I'm not sure whether to open it or not. You know, he's like, is this going to be really fucking cringe or what? And then, <laughs> I know, uh, I think Will Owen was the, the main guy in it, and uh, I think Dan Lewis, the former player, has, has got in charge of some of them social media side, and he's he's a bit, well, he's he's pretty, he's, he's had a few viral TikToks go as well, so. And he's a good lad, Dan. So I think it may have come from him, may have come from uh, Will's connections. And it, actually watching it, I was pissing myself. I thought it was great. I yeah, mean, fair one. Fair one. They nailed that. Pressure on for me. But the rugby side, I think, I think I said before the week going into that game that um, I was at the previous fixture two seasons ago before COVID. And I think 
Cobb may have nicked it in the last play, and was like, did, yeah. yeah, pre, pre um, five G, not five G, yeah, AGP, and I, I thought I fancied Cobb that day, and it's, you know, Pirates traditionally have struggled up there, and it's like I've played for both teams in in that fixture, and it's uh, it's normally a, a tight one, and it was, and I thought it was a, yeah. thought it was a hell of a result for Pirates that weekend. I think it like considering the, the injuries that most squads are going through, but particularly Pirates at that time. Yeah, I think that that day was, um, you know, I think every week there's there's pressure on on us uh, to get a result. Um, yeah, and and it is, you know, there's that cut final mentality from our opponents. And and that day we, you know, we went through a lot of adversity. Actually, that day we we lost Callum Patterson, who's been uh, rehabbing hard for for nine months. I think it was, I think he said it was 22 months since he last played due to COVID and his injury, which was just after we came back. So. He battled really hard, and you know, no one's rehabbed harder than him to get back. And that was his first start, and and he went down with a with a season-ending injury um, early on in that game as we trailed. And you know, the boy showed immense character to come back in that second half and to, you know, score. I think it was twenty unanswered points to to get a, a bonus point win. That at one point we looked like we might be going home empty-handed. So, yeah, that was a, that was a big result for us. Um, you know, and there was like I say, a bit bit of eyes on that fixture as well with the build-up in the in the week and. You know, it's good to have a bit of crack with the Cobb boys leading up to it and, and after. It's good to see something different in it leading up. But just to yeah. just mention uh, Callum as well, I mean, 22 months out injured uh, and then to, I think it was, it was a pretty bad one by all accounts. Um, so, yeah, just, just send, him, send him some love like, over the pod because, you know, it's you know, it's a dark place and re- rehab's a very lonely place. So, I, I hope hope it goes well for him. I think operation went well, but wish wish him all the best, obviously, from, from everyone that listens to this as well, I, I assume. So, Go well, mate. Um, but yeah, moving moving back on to sort of sort of next fixtures. Which which week are we in now? What have we missed? So uh, yeah, there we sort of picked a, a couple of uh, standout fixtures from the from the weeks before this last weekend just gone, where we had uh, sort. Of, I think we had four rearranged fixtures, didn't we, from some COVID cancellations? So uh, not Nottingham uh, placed uh, faced Jersey on Friday night, uh, high scoring game there but I thought that would be a banana skin for Jersey and it, and it nearly proved to be they, they ran out 41-31 winners uh, at Lady Bay uh, then obviously there was our game against Richmond uh, the RAG uh, 24 all draw but I'm sure we'll come on to these games in a moment uh, and Doncaster uh, nilled Bedford again that's something we'll come on to in a minute it was 24-0 there at Castle Park and, and Hartbury again another you know very improved side this season they they lost to, to Ealing, as most people probably would have expected. Again, that was one I thought potentially may have may have gone the other way. But fourteen thirty three, um, Toby Venner scoring scoring a, a bit of a worldie and getting try of the week there again. He's he's going great guns in the league and you know a regular in the nine slot or in the conversation with us every week. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on on the results and and some of those games from the weekend, mate? So yeah, if we go if we pop back to which one, so. Well, one's sticking out here. Sorry, it's my, my Wi-Fi's just gone. <laughs> it's, it's great content. <laughs> great content. Great um, content. Yeah. So, what are we looking at? The January ones, mate. Between so, Nottingham, Nottingham and Jersey was the first game of the weekend just gone. So, that oh. would have been, yeah, the first, first week of the, or the first game of the cancellation fixtures. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, I'm back with it now. Um, yeah, so that... Yeah, the Friday night game. So, like you say, the Jer- Jersey, we're never quite sure whether they're going to rock up, are we? And and it's 
it's difficult for those guys travelers, but I, I imagine that's a bit of a strange day for the players on a Friday. Uh, and I wonder if they're traveling in, in on the morning and playing in the evening and going back Saturday. But, you know, Nottingham score a lot of points, don't they? I mean, they, they, score, they pick up a fair bit of bonus point action. And the jersey, I think that put a bit of pressure on everyone else the following day, didn't it? The, yeah, I think so. Um, and it's nice when you do that and you get the five points in the bank. Obviously, you played a few more games. And it just puts a yeah. bit of pressure. And I... Maybe, I don't know, let's maybe, I, I don't know the vibe but Pirates, but Richmond, obviously a very good team at home, but I, you know, get, it was a draw, wasn't it, on the Saturday, so I don't know if there's a bit of added pressure from the jersey fixture the night before that was just sat there, or or I'm, I'm speaking out of turn, but, and disrespecting Jer- uh, Richmond a little bit, but that, that one surprised yeah. me, I thought, I thought Pirates would, would come away with a five-pointer there. I think we're always confident, naturally, I mean, you know, we've only lost two games in the in the legal season, um, but I must admit, I, I did. I thought it would be tough. Um, we we're not great at the RAG generally, uh, historically. Uh, we sort of put that hoodoo to rest against Scottish earlier on in the season. But I seem to remember that we didn't have it all our own way on the opening day against uh, against Richmond, and you know a couple of players that stuck out on the first day uh, in terms of uh, the evergreen Mark Bright, try scoring the league. I was just about to say. <laughs> He is ridiculous. Yeah, he just defies logic. He is a class act still, um, and he was excellent again at the weekend. Uh, as was James Kane, who played at thirteen. He has been playing fullback. Unbelievable cannon of a left peg, right. very nearly won from 55, 60 meters against us last play. But uh, and and Hugh Worthington, who made our, our team of the week at X Blue and a, and a Gareth Oldwood favourite. He was he was outstanding at the weekend. Yeah. So- um, when, when I, I always forget this when you you go through the Richmond team and you look at the names and they've all done a bit, haven't they? They've all done a bit in the league. Um, they've, they've you know they're, they're yeah. championship rugby players that have been around for a little while. Good fucking rugby players. Oh yeah, I mean, and and hundred percent. And 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 to be honest, though, you know, we started well. We were fourteen nil up, and yeah, yeah, we probably we probably could have and should have killed them off. But by the end of it, I mean, I was I was chatting to our coaches at the end of the game, and I said, you know, is it is it three points? is it two points, sorry, gained or two points lost? And the feeling, you know, the emotion at the end of the game was two points lost. But I think when, you know, I wouldn't like to speak on behalf of the, the players and the coaches, but I think if we if we take a step back in training this week and look at it and average it out, you know, eight points from 10 games and two away games at Cov, at Richmond, it's two wins without bonus points. I think we probably might have just taken that. Yeah. Um, and we, 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 we very nearly could have lost that game of the week. We very nearly could have, could have won it. We could have been 10 from 10. But... You know, we 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 probably one we let slip in terms of control, but you know, I think I think Richmond were good value for their their three points of the weekend actually. Yeah, and I and I think this is where the, the where Ealing are ahead in terms of their squad depth at this stage of the season. So, you know, there's I think would you say Pirates played eight weeks on a trot or something ridiculous, or there's a lot of games. Yeah, we're starting to feel it in our squad definitely. And you'll feel it, Jersey will feel it, you know, Donny will start to feel it a little bit. And then will Ealing start to pull away because of their depth of squad? And hopefully they, you, yourselves and Jersey and Donny stay in the fight and just, you know, it goes down to the last weekend and we have that fixture for, to win the league, which would be fantastic. But can, can like my, from the outside looking in, it's, it's can those squads cope with this period now which is critical for them having a chance of winning the league and obviously there's only 
Donny or Elon that could go up because of the the, the regulations anyway. But it, or they're, they're the only two that have applied, aren't they? But it, wouldn't it be great if you know a, a pirates or you know just nip nip dealing? But we'll see. I think, yeah, I think one of the things the things there is that there's sort of like there's outside uh, factors um, where Ealing have the the finances that, that everyone speaks about. They and the budget they've got they've got a settled playing squad. They've probably been lucky with injuries, but they don't unlike us uh, and certainly some of the other teams in the league. They don't rely as heavily on dual reg players. So, for example, Exeter are really going through a tough period at the moment with injuries, unavailability to the internationals, we've lost all but two of our dual reg lads. You know, we've lost two two starting props. We've lost a second row slash six, you know, and we've lost lads that have played a lot of rugby for the Pirates and that disrupts us. We get a couple of injuries then and there's a big knock-on and I know there's other there's other clubs that, you know, experience that in the league and that's that could be a huge factor in what that's, decides this league. That's a direct result of the funding. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the... You know, everyone's um, reduced squad sizes and increased dual reg. And I know when when Dad was just before he we went in for his heart operation was doing a lot of registrations, more than he's ever ever done uh, in, in sort of ten fifteen years in his role as team manager. And that's just Coventry. And I know at Amptel, you know, I speak to Tommy a fair bit, and they're and they're they're drawing players in from all over. And it's the same it's the same across the league. You see, obviously, like Nathan Hughes dropped in on a slightly different deal at Hartbury, but that that's a direct result of, of what's happened. It's Do you know what, though? The, the counter-argument is those guys that have been dual-wedged are now going to Exeter and they'll play first-team rugby this weekend, and then they're on an England pathway, which may have benef- may benefit the England team down the road. But what it doesn't do, it it doesn't help the championship club, does it? And, that's, and they're the ones that are hurting as a result. Definitely not. And, yeah, from a, from a Pirates perspective, especially, and... and you know, having got to know some of those lads, you know, I'm delighted for them that they're, you know, Lewis Pearson scored his, I think it was his second premiership appearance at the weekend for Chiefs in a, you know, might not have normally got that shout with with the, you know, the people they've had out, but took his chance. He had a great game. He scored. Um, Patrick Schickling, another one that's going great guns at the moment. So, yeah, it's good to see those lads going well. And, you know, we we can only wish them the absolute best. But when it, when it comes to the game day for the Pirates, you feel that, you know, you feel that pinch and that stretch. Yeah, of course. And then there's just one other fixture, wasn't there, that weekend? So, Donny beat... Well, we've covered Ealing. Like we said, we maybe thought Hartbury might turn them over, but they've gone down there and done a great job, very professional job on, on Hartbury. And then yeah, ben- it's a bit of a first-half blitz on that one, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, and then... Um, yeah, the usual suspects at Ealing, they're playing well as well. They're just sort of... Absolutely, um, yeah. They're relentless blokes, aren't they? Yeah, and uh, Donny getting a nil in Bedford as well. Um so Doncaster, great result for them. I don't think it was the greatest game by all accounts, but I think the weather was pretty bad. Um, but yeah, Bedford seems to just be in a bit of a rut at the moment as well. Uh, they, you know, they've got a lot of lot of movement with their squad and a lot of changes as well. So it's it's difficult when you're part time club because when you when you're agile and you don't get the time either, do you? So it's um, maybe that's a little reason, or they're just sometimes you're in a bad run bad run of form, aren't you? <laughs> that's that's all it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Uh... I'm sure if Mr. Alwood was on the the call with us, he'd be defending them to the hills. But um, well, I'll just say something. He knows fuck all about rugby. So, <laughs> <laughs> hi Gareth. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, it's it's unavoidable, isn't it? You know, results haven't been 
been great. Uh, obviously, that you know they were pipped in the derby by by Amtil. I'm sure Kev will be pleased for us to to, to mention that, and Gareth not so. But you know that that's a sorry. What's that? To so say we should give Kev Miller a shout out on here. He never gets any love. So Kev, he Kev never gets any love. No, he's my he's my he's my fellow Spurs fan as well. So yeah, we have we have chats about other things too. But yeah, shout out shout out to Kev. That was a big result for him, and there was some some spiky messages exchanged in the group chat, shall we say? Well, I'm just just looking at the league, and although Bedford have lost a few games recently, they're they're seventh in the league on 34 points with a game in hand on Amtel on 35. You know, if they if they pick up. I don't think they'll pick one up this weekend, but then they they have a good end to the season. They'll be sixth, fifth, and that's that's a good year, isn't it? I mean, there's some absolute yeah. clowns, dickheads on the on the face on, on Bedford Blues Facebook. It's just like, what are you saying? Like calling from Mike's head. It's just like, no, no, just go away. Just get get unblocked, and it's just people are just so reactive sometimes. But you know, Bedford Bedford will be all right. They'll they'll finish fifth or sixth. Um, and the league, like around that middle part of the table, is pretty pretty tight. To be fair, from ninth to to fifth, they could all could all you know finish in fifth or fourth, really. So it's absolutely very competitive. Yeah. There's a lot of change in that table week in week out. Uh, you know, looking looking at it on a Monday morning, you know, there's there's teams up and down even in the top four. So you know, once everyone's caught up, it could be a it could be a really exciting run into the season. Actually, once everyone's on level pegging and you know with with tight tight results going either way and, and points that, you know, people can move up places and down every week. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah. So Ealing obviously top, aren't they? And then Pirates in fourth, just a win, a bonus point win away. So it's, you know, that movement with the two teams, Donny and Jersey in the middle, we've played two games more. So once they like say they catch up, then we'll, we'll get a proper feel for it. And we'll see so, yeah. how, how close um, one of the teams can get to Ealing, I think. Yeah. We, and we mustn't forget either that there's not a lot, there's not a lot of championship uh, fixtures left really I think there's I think every team's well we've got seven I think some teams have only got five so you know there's there's uh, there's not a lot left to play so there's you know every every point counts at this stage of the season exactly yeah so we yes yeah, so on, on that note we can have a look at this weekend's fixtures can't we because there's some yeah we've got a we've got a full full fixture list I think yeah I think I'm not sure who is who's got the the buy this week but I think it okay. could be Amptil. No, we've they on Friday night? Yeah, yeah, Amptil. Yeah, Amptil got the bye this week, so we start off uh, again. Lady Bay on a Friday night. It's Knotts and Cov. I think that one's. Uh, are we gonna Are we gonna go predictions now, Gully, or are we gonna do that later on in the week? <laughs> we'll do it now and later in the week. <laughs> Go on, just... let's, let's 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 do it now. Let's start Lady Bay on a Friday night to kick off the weekend. Knotts right. and Cov. I think this one could go either way. Personally, Midlands derby. Uh, bit of needle there. Uh, Hamo as well, who obviously got a lot of history at Nottingham, will understand that game. Um, and I don't know. Well, no, I, I think Nottingham will win that. I, I fancy them. I think, like we said earlier in the pod, didn't we, that they they score a lot of points. Um, yeah, a shout. Yeah, and I was I was listening to one of their coaches the other week and talking about um, who's the lad that's in the England squad from Chesham. Yeah, talking about him and. Their approach to development of players at Nottingham sounds fantastic, and it's like they're they're playing a real nice, real good brand of rugby, sticking to their guns, got a gen gen, you know, really good identity, um, and obviously they're quite a way into the season. So, you know, I I think there's a there's a bit going on at Cov behind the scenes that there's some rumours around, so I, it could help Coventry as well. But definitely fancy Nottingham that night. Um, 
a tight one, I think, but maybe a maybe a five-one. You know, bonus point for Nottingham and and, and Cov picking up a a um, a try bonus point as well. That's what I think. And I and, and I. Moving on, we've got. No, no, your your impartiality knows no bounds, Gully. <laughs> so moving on, we're, we're at the Alpes on uh, on Saturday for Hartbury and Jersey, and again, that's one of those. You know, Jersey are a contender; they're up there. But Hartbury, Hartbury are a tough nut to crack at, at the Alpes at the moment. I, I, I'm interested to see what you think. I think you might think the same as me, but you you go ahead. Well, before last weekend, I'd have I'd have gone Hartbury, <laughs> but. Jersey having a, a good away win at Nottingham, they'll, they'll go in there real comf- really confident and they, they might have a bit too much up front, but Hartbury blew Bedford away the week before, didn't they? So yeah, I'm going to go with a Jersey away win there because I think they'll have a bit too much power from. What would, what would you have done? Um, obviously, in my uh, position with, with my role oh. at my club, I think it's tough to say. I, I I think that could go either way. I think, obviously, you know, respect to both clubs. They've both beaten us this season. There are only two losses in the league. So, you know, they're, they're both tough outfits. Um, Hartbury, when they're on it at home, are tough to tough to stop, especially yeah. on the back of travel. And I think Jersey travelling two weeks in a row to, to Nottingham and to Hartbury might take a bit out of the leg. So, I wouldn't be surprised to see Hartbury turn them over. But, I, you know, in terms of the, the strength and the power of that, that Jersey pack it might just be a bit too much I think I might might be swayed with you actually we'll sit right on the fence and go with the draw shall we I mean the draws have caught bonus bonus point draws pure entertainment in the champ yeah three all (laughs) pirates against Scottish then that's got to be a pirates win has to be although Scott I know you struggle away at Richmond at Scottish and and Richmond not struggle but it's it's a difficult place for you men to travel but you know bounce back from the draw last week it sounds like a loss, doesn't it? But draws, like you said, was a good result in the end. But yeah, I'm fancying Pirates for that um, with a bonus point as well, which which would be a good good rea- uh, reaction to last week's result. Yeah, we'll move swiftly on from that. I don't want to write the team talk for Scottish on the walls of the Monet, so we'll we'll move on to. Uh... I, mate, I get so much shit from the Scottish lads. On the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully no C bombs in the DMs after this one, mate. <laughs> Thank um, you. Ealing, Ealing, and Bedford. I mean, that looks. On paper, that looks like a you know quite an entertaining game, doesn't it? Yeah, it could be high scoring. That there could be bonus points for both teams there, um, but we'll go go with the kneeling win. I think, yeah, I can see Bedford definitely picking up a try bonus, and it's if they can stay hang with them and, and, and pick up a two. But you, you've got to fancy Ealing for that game. I think so. Yeah, no, that's that's a fair comment. And then finishing off the the fixtures for the weekend, we've got Rich Richmond at home again against Donny. I think that's a that's a potential. That's a really exciting game. That actually. Yeah, I, you know, this two weeks in a row at home thing. So Richmond go again. They'll be buzzing after last weekend. And if Mark Bright can rock up, which he he does every week, we know he will. And Hugh Worthington does as well. Fuck, it's going to be a tough game for Donny that. Um, so I'm going to go with a Richmond win. I fancy him. They've actually they've been giving it some big ones in the press this week as well, saying they can beat anyone in the league. So I don't know if Bodes will get the boys wound up about that at Donny. So. But yeah, let's go. Let's stick my neck out and go for a Richmond win. Big shout! I think I think it could be a yeah, it could be a really entertaining one. That one I'll uh, I'll watch on with interest for for obvious reasons in the table, but certainly yeah. in terms of our our recent visit there. So yeah, I think we could be in for a bit of a cracker there. 
with with the part time teams, it's if they can back it up week and week. That's that's the, that's the difficult bit. Have you know? That's it's, the tough part. Yeah, it's the recovery side of it. It's not necessarily the amount of training they're doing. It's uh, the, the guys are. You know, we know Brighty was when he was on the podcast with us was was clearing out a, a house um, like day after playing a game. So a lot of, you know, a lot of lifting and digging. That's what he does for a day, his day job. So. They're all, they've all got jobs, so you know that that recovery period isn't there for them. So that that may have an effect on the game, but I'm, I'm still going to stick to Richmond beating Donny. Okay, so Gully, over to you to introduce our first and possibly our only guest this week. <laughs> yeah, this this week's guest, um, I can say an old foe, but he's one of those guys that I um, I played against uh, first when I was at Coventry in Manchester in the Championship at the time. And um, yeah, he he played second row. We played second row. We our careers sort of followed each other. Big rivalry when he was at Nottingham, um, and then he went on into the Prem at London Irish, and now coach at, at Richmond. It's my pleasure to welcome Nick Rouse. Hello, Rousey. <laughs> Jump in. What, <laughs> mate? Sweet. Fair. It's cool. all right. Float. That was all right, wasn't it? Yeah, mate. It's fine. Absolutely. I think you covered pretty much everything. I think you know spoke about every club. Yeah, that's the main thing. I think that people people probably listen to it hoping to hear what we've got to say about their team, don't they? So, Should we stop recording so they've got less to edit? Yeah, mate, yeah, go for it. I think so. Yeah. Uh, stop. To introduce Nick Rouse to the listeners. How you doing, Nick? I'm good, thanks, Ben. Great to be here. Um, you've always been as good stuff, so, uh, yeah, pleased to, to obviously uh, uh, speak to you here. And I... I saw a little bit of a note on Facebook that it's your birthday. Today. Oh no! <laughs> so, oh, yeah. So I, I think we're both 1981. So obviously, COVID, correct. So I think we'll go with it's our 40th, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. So, so for, I've got nothing planned at all. So no, missed missed the big one last year. Just trying to get a bit a big party, and then we couldn't do it. Hey, so um, happy birthday, mate! Uh, so we Thank just talk about um, how it's going this season. How you, how you finding the role? Talk to us a little bit about what your role is at Richmond, um, and we can we can dip in with different questions from there, mate. Yeah, they're good. Um, so I mean, my role um, is is I I'm one of two forwards coaches. So um, myself and Kenchi, Kenchi's been there for some time now with uh, Rob Powell, and obviously still still here as director of rugby. So um, Kenchi does the line out and, and actually I, I take charge of the scrum which has been really challenging over the last two years um, but I think we've you know we've got, got ourselves into a good place and, and that's been going reasonably well um, obviously it just uh, wasn't so well the last two weeks against some big big teams but um, we're definitely taking steps there. forward for sure I was just say is, is sorry it, say it again so, so is it just it's just push like fuck isn't it that's just scrummaging no <laughs> exactly yeah get your head down and push mate <laughs> So I used to get told. Yeah. So scrum, scrum coaching is a completely different arena to what you'd have been used to as a player, obviously, because you, you run very successful lineouts at the clubs you played at. So how are you, how are you finding that and like, who, who are you leaning on? Because you obviously have to lean on a few people to, to you know, for your scrummaging uh, learning as a coach. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've got, um, we've got some good props at the club. Uh, Jimmy Litchfield has been around the championship for years. Um, and Lou said, obviously, Johnny Harris won the premiership title with Leicester so, um, back in the day. So, um, obviously, I played with Johnny and I coached him at London Scottish as well. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, I mean, those two particularly. Um, but we've got some good young props coming through and, and, um, and a couple of 
um, quality hookers as well. So um, it's it's been really pleasing. They've been helping me. Um, I've got a stalwart at number eight as well, which is obviously a great bloke to have around. Yeah, uh, he's older than me, so uh, yeah, no, he's uh, we've got some good players. To... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We spoke to Brighton on here a little while ago, and also um, Max Trimble, um, and we've got we had a little bit of an insight into yeah. into sort of Richmond and sort of the, the part-time model there sort of can you just just touch on on how it works from from the coaching side on the the level of part-time or full-time I'm not sure and how you structure your week it, yeah I mean it to be fair I've got coming into it last year for the first time part-time I had complete admiration for every part-time coach out there because Whereas, you know, for, for say for a line-out session, I used to do it at the Scottish um, a couple of years ago, you know, we'd, we'd do a video session, then we'd go out for 30 minutes on a Monday. Um, and then obviously uh, Tuesday would be like, you got 45 minutes to, to go through it. Whereas Richmond, we're really strict on our times. So the boys aren't out there, out there for hours. Um, so we're really like quick 15 minute bursts and you've got to get your content in. Um, so you, you, I had to change my approach a little bit because I was probably a bit too you know, empowering the players, that sort of stuff. But you've actually got to be a bit more direct, um, which has been really challenging. But I think what one thing we do do really well at Richmond is is we, we do stick to timings. And um, I think the players respond to that. And they're not out there for hours. Um, we're pretty, um, yeah, pretty efficient in that, that, in that facet. So you'll do a, a Tuesday, Thursday night. Is that right? Do you, do you dip it on a Monday as well? Or is it just purely Tuesday, Thursday? No, just, just yeah. Uh, pre-season we did a bit on Mondays, just more fitness-based and skills. But um, yeah, just two two sessions uh, weekly on a, on a, you know, we're in at what, 7.25 for a quick review. Um, I think Pauli, the head coach, is is the, the messages he gets through in his uh, quick, you know, five-minute videos uh, on attack and defence, both on a, a Tuesday, and then Kenchi uh, and myself would deliver. Uh, it's like a, a set piece one on on a Thursday, and you know it's real short. We're out on the pitch by um, ten minutes later, uh, and we're sticking to the to the times we've got down on the page. So uh, we we don't you know mess around. We're we're pretty efficient, and uh, like I say, it's uh, getting it down to f- you know fine art really. Um, and I think the boys have respond to it, so doing well. I've I've sat in those full-time environments where you spend a lot of time you seem to go from meeting to meeting don't you and you're thinking sometimes thinking fuck what we're we actually achieving here now you're the completely end of that where it's like what you deliver has to be spot on right and the, and the lads have to be receptive to that as well which which i'm assuming sometimes they are sometimes they're not because you might have had a tough day at work so it's just that that pitch has to be spot on yeah I work for a technical company now, so. That's <laughs> one of the things I learned. How do I do that? I'll leave it as mine and then we'll go with yours. So, uh, I think, yeah, yeah, fine, fine. I think we, we were just talking about um, the pitch of, uh, we've gone from a full-time environment, which you've been very used to as, as a full-time rugby player. Yeah. Career, and like how you pitch your meetings, you've got to be nice and short, precise. Um, how are you finding that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, I think that's, uh, like I said, I think Pauli's doing a really good job in in that facet. Um, he keeps it down to a minimum, um, pretty, you know, shows good pitches, um, and I think players respond to that. We get out on the pitch again, um, 
you know, we, we plan a session and, it, and it, it's, it's, we stick to that and um, we don't overdo it, you know, because I think sometimes, you know, when, when you're in a part-time environment, you want to get as much done as possible. But I, I think um, as coaches, um, Pauli takes charge of that, to be fair, uh, does a really good job and, and kind of sticks to the timings. And yeah, we've been getting some good results this year. So it's been pretty pleasing. Um, obviously started off the season really well then uh, had quite a few injuries actually so um, it kind of uh, tailed off a little bit but um, I think the break at Christmas uh, after we obviously had a really good game against Ealing um, we're up at half time and obviously couldn't quite hold on um, had a good break uh, and then we've come back pretty refreshed into January and uh, the boys have been performing well the last few weeks. Yeah we were talking about that earlier in the pod with Ross about um, how sort of the part-time clubs and the full-time clubs and their squad dynamic, how it how it changes if you have a, a few games in a row. Um, can, can, a, can a part-time club have the strength and depth to be able to repeat those things? And it sounds like you guys may have struggled a little bit because of that. And then look, sort of looking at the top of the table, you've got Ealing, who have a, a huge squad base, and the other full-time, in inverted commas, um, rugby clubs, um, their, their squads are stretched mainly due to the dual reg situation where they're being pulled back to their premiership clubs. And then it may, we may see Ealing pull away a little bit. Do you guys um, have many dual reg players with you or is it just solely your squad? Um, so we, we've got a couple from Quinns uh, and one from London Irish. Um, we so we've got Tyler from London Irish. Um, he's been back with London Irish the last few weeks. Um, but again, we've got, you know, two, two, three really good tight So, you know, it's pretty competitive uh, for him. Um, and then we've got Jack Musk, who's been playing quite a bit first team recently at Quinns, um, but also uh, started the season probably, you know, coming out last year and this year, he, he was, you know, probably, you know, our, t- our top top hooker, um, you know, certainly fighting for a starting spot with uh, with Mike Perks and Torpy last year. But um, this year, he's really had to fight for it because we've had another good hooker. Hadders has been doing really well. Um, and then alongside those, we've got uh, Lennox in the centres uh, from Quinns. Uh, again, he's played a couple of first-team games this year, but um, he's getting most of his game time with us. And Luke Stafford is just nine, a uh, young Irish nine. So we've got a good mix. And, and I wasn't going to say, those boys have really uh, bought into the club and when they've come in and uh, really, really wanted to be part of it uh, socially as well. So um, it's really good to see. I think it's really important uh, for those boys to, to do that. My eyes lit up when you said socially. Then, <laughs> so if we, uh, yes. if we, uh, if we just we, we'll we'll have a little look back, back um, sort of when I was, I was sort of before this, sort of doing a bit of reminiscing and thinking about when me and you would have first played against each other, and I think it would have been when you were at Manchester, uh, or it may have even been when we were played, um, like Bath. You I think you were at Bath, were you as well? In the yeah. Time? Bath, yeah, it's Bath. Uh, I'd say it was when we were, you were at Saris, I think, and I was at Bath. Uh, like, yeah, and I 20, 20, under 21s. And good, yeah, it was a good league, that. And sort of, if you look at your career, so it was, was the goal always to be a professional rugby player. And, you know, you, how, how did you end up at Manchester? That's sort of always, always a question. Um, you, because I didn't, I don't know. I, do you know what the answer is? Probably a, uh, I didn't have a very good agent. I don't know, but um, I, I so I, I just come off the back of I went on loan to Kefili, and uh, again we talk about you know I know you, you guys talk about loans to other players. I remember you, 
when you chat to Youngs and he said how important it is. You know, I went to a Welsh Premiership side, and that was before it was provincial. So we were playing in the Celtic League, um, you know, Munster away, sideways rain. Um, and it was a really great experience for me. And then I kind of just fell off the cliff at the end of that year. And I ended up at Manchester. And uh, yeah, I don't know really how I ended up there. But um, I remember chatting to Cov at the time as well, um, which obviously might, may, may have played together if that ever came off. But um, it, it didn't. I ended up getting to Manchester. Um, I was kind of, it was good for me because I went to a small side and then I you know, got a lot of responsibility. So I think it actually, you know, in a way it kind of helped me and gave me a, you know, kind of gave me a lot of that leadership stuff that you need in, in it to run a line out, et cetera. And then obviously off the back of that, I had two two years at Plymouth, which is all fun and games for Dorsey. So um, great stories. Mate, <laughs> but, I, uh, I, saw yeah. I saw Dorsey last week at the Rugby Legends dinner um, and I had a good catch up with him. And, you know, <laughs> Albion... Right, we all know if we played under Graham, sort of what those sessions were like. I'm, I'm back living in, I'm, I love it down here. But it's for the listeners, yeah. um, just talk to us a little bit about um, Dorsey's mauling sessions, mate, because I imagine I went through what you did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, just you're just out there, you literally, you're, you're out there, and you're, you talk about, I was talking about part time, you know, we're keeping it to an hour. Well, there was no hour with Dorsey, it was minimum two hours. So you are minimum two hours and you're out there and you're running and you're off your feet you're knackered um and then he's just relentless just you know what he expects of you you know it taught me a lot you know and i you know when i left plymouth i left because i didn't agree what with what doors he was doing but at the same time he taught me an awful lot about i suppose that front five stuff that that i kind of sometimes you take for granted and he was actually uh He's actually pretty good at that sort of stuff, and um, like you know, it's just some stories like scrummaging. And you know, he was <laughs> instead of um, we'd be on the hit in the scrum machine or whatever, and then Dorsey would just decide to get up, get up and like walk on our backs with with his studs on. <laughs> just to, I'm sure you've heard of the story, but um, yeah, he's just mad. He's just mad, like rolling on you, like yeah, and then stand up on you and like remember, get you to push. I remember. Uh, I think I jo- I think I joined the season you left. And, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was going up into the the hangar where we used to do the weights, and there was a young Plymouth Plymouthian, proper Jana called Brett Stroud. I think you probably know Stroudy. Yeah, Stroudy. Yeah, uh, he's got his shirt off and his arms are in the air, and Dorsey is whacking him with a two by four plank of wood. <laughs> yeah, body hardness, mate. Body hardness, and that was like my my second session. I was like, oh fuck it, now what have I got got myself into here? But as a bloke, I loved him, but like you say, sort of some of his coaching, um, I maybe didn't always agree with. But we were, it was, it was a good time. I look, I look back at that sort of period and think of like the crowds that Albion used to get in, and you know, uh, up at Exeter as well. There in the league, it was, it's a good time to play down here at that in that period. And then, That's great. Of, I remember, God, as I say, I remember building the um, uh, day before our first game of the season. I can't remember who we played down, but I was literally Dawsey needed a hand, so I went down. I literally dug for the whole day on Friday before a game <laughs> to, to to get the like the the terracing at the top corner sorted out. Oh my god! Bit of character building, well, eh? <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. It was a good time. I loved it. I mean, the fitness. I think I lost. I was probably one of the fittest forwards at one point because I lost so much weight. I was like sixteen kilos. Uh, but yeah, it did <laughs> fly around. And then then you you moved up to Knox, um, and then sort of I think that's where. Um, I can remember, like, I'd have probably moved down to Pirates at that period. And 
I just sort of, I, I often look, and I say on here quite a bit, that I look through like rose-tinted glasses at that period in the championship. Um, but I can just remember it being, there's some, like, some great rivalries within the league. And it just seemed to be in a, in a, in a real good place at that period. I, I don't know, looking back for you and, that, and where the champ sits now, what, what are your, your thoughts looking back and sort of how, how it sort of sits now with, with the whole competition? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, like, like you, I, I do look back and I'm like, wow, like what we did um, and the rivalries, like, you know, I mean, the fact you're allowed to beat the shit out of each other, um, like back then, I just remember getting digs off you in love, like who, who can get the first dig into each other? And it's like in a ruck or a mall. And then like, you're saying with like, I remember playing Exeter and uh, James, James Hanks, He's like we got off, what is it, ten meters out more. And um, back then, I think you used to. There was no time limit on mauling. You, I think, with for Nottingham, we've actually scored a more from a halfway before against uh, London Welsh. It's it's ridiculous. But anyway, James Hag is you know pulled me down, and we're, I'm on the floor, and the mall's still going, and I've just turned around, I've just you know smacked him straight in the face. and go, don't do that again, <laughs> and then just get on with it, don't you? I don't know. Um, a lot of that that you obviously can't do anymore, but. Um, I mean, really good memories, and I don't think I think it was a good time. Like, I'm really pleased that I was around at that time, and and uh, and likewise, like like I said, when I was on loan to Philly, I remember going to Toman Park, and you've got um, like Mick Galway. It's like I'm 21 year old, and I've sacked them all, and I've just got him and uh, what is that? Uh, yeah, Mick Galway and Mick O'Driscoll are just shooing the life out of me, and just said, "Don't you do that again." And you don't do again, it. in the corner, you do it again. <laughs> you get it. And I remember coming off and loving the fact that I had, you know, my back looked like a bloody, uh, you know, someone's been drawing on me or, uh, or whatever. So it's that photo yeah. that of um, Delalio, wasn't there? It was always around a lot of rugby clubs with his back, and he had like the shoe marks when he'd been playing. Yeah, for, played France. It was like it was a badge of honour, and we all wanted to either give one of those out or or receive. Yeah, yeah. There was no questions asked. Um, yeah, exactly. So good times. Yeah, great times. Um, so in terms of sort of your your next stage of your career, you sort of you got an opportunity at, at Irish, is that right? And then or is it sale? Yeah. So sale it's sale first. So I think I was thirty. <laughs> it's like you think of it, you're like, wow. I mean I made so Irish, I went on loan for a couple of games because they were short. Um yeah. and then in that was two thousand nine. Um and then I went to like a couple of things. A year later, I was thirty. Went to Sale um, for a year. We had Mike Brewer. Then Steve Diamond came and took over. Basically, anyone that Mike Brewer, you know, brought in was leaving at the end. So I, you know, I was happy. I wanted to go back and play rugby. I was obviously very happy at Nottingham, um, and we had a, we had a great team. Um, as as you know, you guys talked around in the, back in those days, and and uh, really good boys. So I. Like, a bit like you at Pirates, you know, you had great people around you, you want to play there, don't you? So I went back to uh, to Nottingham again. We had a, probably the first year Nottingham had a bit of money for some reason. Um, we had a, some backer that came in and, you know, at Christmas, Glenn obviously got a checkbook out besides, you know, Brent Wilson, uh, Filippo Levy, um, uh, who else? A couple of other Kiwis. Um, and kind of like it didn't never really happen for us. But then the follow off the back of that, the following year, uh, I think we had Ayala Rinley playing for us at the time as well. Actually, think about it, uh, another name. But um, yeah, the following year we we uh, obviously Glenn moved to London Irish, 
uh, and then Hargy came in and we like finished I think second in the league just below Newcastle that year and uh, haven't you know, again battling it out with uh, Exeter in the playoffs and that um, but unfortunately didn't quite get there I think you you might you boys were quite close that year as well but um, yeah no um, yeah really good and then off the, obviously off the back of that managed to get Glenn was at London Irish at this time knew what I could do knew what the championship boys you get a lot of value out of them um, so yeah, I managed to get to London, London Irish in 2013, and uh, I was 32. And I thought, in, after I left Sale, I, I was like, "Oh, this is never going to happen for me." And I think you were Worcester at the time, or around those sort of places. But so it's co- pretty similar stories, I suppose. Um, and then um, it kind of, yeah, kind of had a really bizarre year. Like I started the first double header at Twickenham against Sarries. Um, you know, after a good pre-season, um, I remember t- turning up, Jeb Sinclair is a big Canadian. He, he just looks at me and he goes, what the fuck have we signed here? Because, <laughs> like, I could barely bench 90 kilos. Um, but, yeah, just out of the champ, as, as you do. But, um, it's as you know, it's not what you do in the gym, it's uh, what you can do on the pitch. And, um, that you know, that year finished with Player of the Year. So, um, it's a pretty special year for me. And, you know, I'm just really happy that I could actually... Uh, give a lot to the team and uh, you know get that respect from everyone. It's quality. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's amazing. I remember watching you. And would you have made your prem debut at Sale at thirty? Because I made a, I had a prem debut at thirty. So there's still hope for you guys if you're out there and you've not made it yet. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And uh, I think that's you know that's one thing about the the, the champ that is it's really good. You know, you know there are some late bloomers. Um, you know, and we're we're probably testament to that. And. Yeah, and I kind of never give up a dream if that's what you really want. Um, I'm just gutted that the, I know you talk about the funding and everything, it's a bit of a debacle really, but um, there should be more funding for champ teams because, you know, it'd be interesting to see how many players who, who've left uh, academies um, and been in the champ for a long time and then eventually gone through, like a Mark Atkinson and playing for England in their 30s or whatever. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see those those kind of stats. Because it definitely deserves more funding. Yeah, I think the statos with involved with the pod. I think it, a couple of weeks ago, it was over fifty percent of the players that had played champ rugby, and not not just one or two games, had, had, had done a season in it, had, were playing Premiership that weekend. And it sort of leads me on to sort of like the final part of of this is sort of I was going to ask you. We've we've touched on funding a little bit, so for for the championship to. To go back to the glory days, as we look at it, or you know, what would your your dream be for the championship? Um, and would it be just around funding, or would it be, you know, a fully professional or, or on TV? So, what what would be like on the wish list for you, Richmond? You know, what? Yeah, what would be on the on the wish list, mate? I think, yeah, you know, I th- Unfortunately, I mean, the wish list, I would love it to be full-time and it to be like the Pro D2 in France and, and that big, um, you know, get the support by it. But, I mean, you look at Ealing, they're, they're top of the league, they're doing really well, but, you know, it's sustainable. Is it sustainable with the fans? You know, unfortunately, I don't think it is. So I, I personally would like it to be up there. But if it was given the backing from the RFU, then, then it will build a bit of a, a buzz, and it it potentially could be like um, Prodi too, but it really needs the backing of everyone, and not just uh, individuals. Um, you know, I'd love you know 
every week to be, you know, two to 5,000 every champ game. But um, I think you can get that in certain areas like Pirates. That, that can definitely happen because, you you know, it's a bit of a, you know what it's like down there. So um, great place and uh, people love their rugby. So, yeah, just um, that's what I'd like. This is really list, but, but But really, like, yeah, it's like for a club like Richmond to, you know, to have a full-time team, it'd be really tough. But... Um, I think really, really, really tough for him. But um, yeah, but I think uh, yeah, it should definitely be given a chance. I'd say. Yeah, top man. And just quickly, just before we finish, um, looking forward to the weekend. Um, who are you playing, and you know what are the thoughts on on that this weekend? So yeah, we got we got a big game with Donny. They're uh, obviously Bo, uh, Steve Bones doing a great job up there. Um, they're flying high, really. So you know, got a really good forward pack. Um, it's going to be a big test for our forward pack. Um, you know, I think they've they've not dominated as much the last few weeks because it's been so windy. So um, I hope for another windy day because uh, <laughs> it's anybody's game. But um, we've you know we've been um, we've we focused a lot on uh, our attack this year, and I think some of the tries you could see that that you know we've uh, you know been offload load of offloads, which is great to see. So um, yeah, we'll obviously when we attack, that's that's kind of how we want to play. But um, we'll see. Really, we know it's a big test this weekend. Um, They've got a huge forward pack, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll we'll get a good result and a good performance, mate. Obviously, that's been uh, it's been class. I uh, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I predicted a Richmond win, so no pressure giving Bodes his team. Get in, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, mate, all the best for the weekend. Great to catch up as well, and um, you take care, mate, and have a great birthday. Oh, will do. Thank you, Gully. Um, yeah, all the best, mate, and uh, thanks for having me. Cheers, mate. Catch you later. Cheers, cheers, mate. Bye. Okay, so uh, on to today's second guest. Delighted to um, to bring in someone else I've played a lot of rugby against, uh, also an old teammate of Nick Krause who we've just had on. Um, delighted to introduce you all to head coach of Nottingham, Craig Hammond. How you doing, Hamo? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Uh, firstly, let's let's um, start with how, how are you settling back into living in the UK, mate? Because you've had a bit of a time away. How's how's that been, and how was the move? You know, it was a tricky time through COVID. It must have been a bit of a bit of a challenge. Yeah, mate. It's uh, it's it's cold. I can guarantee that. So a little bit. I think I've been out in Hong Kong for nine years, and it's pretty warm, mate. Uh, so a little bit of a climate change, but uh, been back kind of about six months now. So uh, excited to be back, mate. You know, what I mean, and I'm sure we'll get to it, but it's. When you play for a club for so many years, to get to come back and be in charge coaching-wise is uh, yeah, it's a good challenge to take. But um, no, it's good, mate. It's good. The kids are all settled in and the, and the wife's got a job and all that kind of stuff. So the, the big parts of the family life have all kind of fell into place as well, mate. So, um, yeah, it's good. That's good. It's good to hear. So if we just, just talk, so it's nine years in Hong Kong you had. So it was with Hong Kong Scottish. Did you go over there as a player or a player coach? Like how, how did that come about and what sort of... Yeah, so... Yeah, I was still playing here at Nottingham when I was, I think, 32. So, still trying to drag the old bones around, probably against you still then, mate. Uh, and then opportunity, I was just kind of, that's when Neil Falks got into kind of doing a bit of coaching here as a Fords coach for Nottingham. So, there wasn't too many uh, routes for me. And I was doing quite a lot of uh, stuff with Nottingham University and the community side of it at the club. So, I was always kind of coaching on the side of my, when we're playing officially for Nottingham. Um, so I was always looking at what was next and when 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 could I get an opportunity and, and that arose randomly. Um, someone contacted me from over Hong Kong way and then said there's a player coach role for Hong Kong Scottish uh, and it was a new club, lots to do there. Uh, and our plan was probably been here 
we're in the UK for 11 years, so we were looking at maybe trying to get back to New Zealand as well. So we thought we we're halfway around the world. So we'll go to Hong Kong for two years and, 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 and then we'll get back to New Zealand from there. But uh, two years turned into kind of nine years and, and carried on the coaching rank and stopped playing and got more involved in the coaching over there, which was pretty awesome, mate, which has dra dragged me back here, mate. So Just just touch it. I, I follow you on your on your socials and I sort of saw like the life you're living out there, mate. But what's it like for, from a rugby point of view? Uh, and there's a lot of guys that go out there and, you know, they, they buddy up with jobs and it's, you know, it's a great opportunity and life experience. In terms of sort of rugby and how is it structured over there? Is it a part-time structure or is it, is it full -time? Yeah, it's also, there's six club teams, uh, all part-time. Uh, and then we run, or we were running a full-time national programme. So uh, we've got a 30 athletes and that and 20 athletes in the sevens program as well. So a lot of the guys would bring out, kind of each year you'd bring out between four and six like foreign players. So whether that were from kind of the UK, England, Australia, South Africa, whatever, like each year you kind of brought in your, your import players that are clusters and then each club kind of put them in club flats and a bit of coaching stuff, a bit of coaching retainer. So it was a great, great way for young guys to come see a bit of the world or certain guys that wanted to get into the job side of it through finance or through international teaching and still play a decent level as well. So, um, yeah, a lot of guys come out there and spend a couple of years and, and it's a good way before COVID really when you could jump on a plane and go to Phuket or Thailand or Bali in you know, an hour and a half and it's really cheap and that out those places. So it's a good way to see the world and then play a bit of footy. So that was a good way to attract it was easy to attract players, you know, that had a, you might play the championship and you play 35 games and you come to Hong Kong and it's a 15-game season, mate, and there's lots of downtime and it's, the weather's nice. So uh, there's, there's a good balance between rugby, but then also we, we had a really good full-time program where they were all pro players and, and then they trained officially and then they went out to the clubs at night as well. So that's where that kept me around once I got involved in the professional side of that and the coaching the national team, that was... Uh, Kind of that's where it kind of built it and gradually got better. And we were trying to make a World Cup really in 2019 and just missed out. Uh, so there's a lot of a lot of effort over those years going into that, mate. Yeah. So it's just um, I know we, this is a championship podcast, uh, podcast, but I think it's interesting just to for people to hear the different sides of rugby. And it's not just all about UK rugby, is it? There's other opportunities. But if we um, if we if we bring it back to the championship, so. Uh, let's let's get into Nottingham. We've not we've not had many guests on from Notts. We had Glenn Glenn was on a little while a while ago, and obviously I saw that. Yeah, yeah, and he's he was good, mate. He was good fun. But um, how how for the listeners like how how is the setup at Nottingham? Um, are, are you full time, part time? Like how's the squad structured? Like how how does it all work up there, mate? Very very part time, mate. So we're we're only kind of Tuesday Thursday night. So we've gone from full time. Uh, and then COVID hit, and then they kind of, when that shortened season last year, they, they went to a part-time model. So there's a massive transition from the full-time days to what that looked like as part-time as well. So and the clubs, we're still trying to get our head around it this year, really, what, what is the best part-time model? Um, so uh, going, and it was a bit of a shock for me as well, because I, I left here as a full-time environment. Uh, and then you come back and then you run the part-time program where Felksy and those guys, kind of win it with that 10 games that went last year or whatever that kind of built a team within a few weeks because they didn't know they were going to have a team and then they were kind of Tuesday, Thursday night. Uh, a lot of those guys that were involved last year, their contracts were kind of, was the longest 18-month contract or whatever, so, so the squad was together and then they, they brought a few more in, but I kind, of, I kind of come in a couple of weeks into pre-season, so 
um, Smithy and Falksy and all those guys that signed all the players, which was great. Uh, and then I kind of walked in and the, and the team was there ready to go. But we're literally a Tuesday, Thursday night, and it's a good balance between students through the, both universities here, through Trent and Nottingham University, through guys that are working full-time that have got crazy jobs, lawyers, accountants, to guys working construction. So it's a pretty big mix, and that's a hard, that, that's a real challenging uh, balance really to make sure when they come on a Tuesday night that they're ready to go and they've done their homework and they and we don't have you know what, what Tuesday to Thursday night you've got an hour half an hour 15 to try prepare against the pro teams and the champs so it is tough mate uh, but that, that's the model we've got at the moment that's where we are so we're just trying to make the best of it and you know we, we're down the bottom of the table not where we want to be but we've got to make sure it's not about Right now, it's about what the next kind of year, two, three years looks like building forward and, and seeing how good we can be, mate. So, yeah, I was just ch I was chatting to Ralphie then about because obviously Richmond they're similar model to you guys, and from a coaching delivery point of view, you've got to be bang on, haven't you, for that period? You know that you've got a fifteen minute maybe to do a, a video, and then it's like that the content has to be spot on. How's how have you found that as a coach compared to what you were used to in, in Hong Kong? Is it you've had to change things a little bit? Yeah, well, the, the good thing is I was doing Hong Kong Scottish, which was just a part-time Tuesday, Thursday night, play Saturday. So, and the guys were all kind of finance lawyers, traders, like that kind of model. But then yeah. I was also doing the full-time guys during the day, which as you'd know, full-time environment, you got plenty of time for meetings and all that. So I had a bit of, kind of relate to it pretty well. And then the big thing is here is you, you've got to get loads of information out, don't you? Like we're playing COV this week. You need to, figure out the line out stuff. You've got to figure out how they play. But our guys, can we retain stuff on a Tuesday night when they've just rocked in from work, taken off their suit or their overalls, whatever it is. And then what, what can they like take in in that 15 minute meeting and that kind of thing. So we've probably stripped it back a lot this year uh, and focused a lot more on us and what we need to do. So we are missing parts of the teams we're playing, but with the time frame we have, some of the guys can do a little bit more work. That have got a, the studios or guys that are doing a little bit more around the club. But the other guys, you can't really get on them if they haven't watched their videos or done all their analysis kind of stuff or figured out everything. You get frustrated, but at the moment, that's the model we've got. We've got to work out the best plan, um, and we're probably we're getting there. We're getting you know probably turned a bit of a corner at Christmas time, and we've had some better performances. And the guys have figured out a little bit about how my how my coaching style is and, and what I expect and and uh, and how much work I've probably figured out how much work I can give them and what they can do and what they can take on themselves. So everyone learning, but it is it is a bloody good balance, mate, and it is pretty tough, mate. So I imagine like it's it's the bandwidth of people, isn't it? And like how much information people can take on. And I mean, if you flip it on the other side, when both of us were involved in full time rugby, I'd, you could be sat in meetings for a long time and you can not take anything out of them as well. So. It definitely there's a there's a sweet spot, isn't there? And it's like it's trying to find that, and it's uh, you, you 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 learn by getting it wrong, don't you? And it's sort of you, you then you then improve improve that side of delivery. So if we move on to um, sort of playing, mate, playing in the championship. So when we when us two used to lock, you know go at each other, like what are your what's um, how, how did you end up in the UK? Like how did you end up coming over here? And uh, how did that all again? Random story, mate. So I was. Played in New Zealand. I kind of played New Zealand 19s, trying to crack Hurricanes and, and NPC for Wellington, and, and I was on the fringe of that, doing okay. And then uh, had an opportunity to randomly, they said, go go overseas for an off season for a few months and see how it goes. And 
my father worked for Imperial Tobacco, which was the old Benson and Hedges in New Zealand. And they had a big factory here in Nottingham, random story. One of the guys had a lot to do with the club and he said, oh, if your son ever wanted to come out here. So that's how I ended up at Nottingham. Otherwise I wouldn't have, didn't have an agent, didn't have anything as a word of mouth. So I, I said, I'd do six months. That was in 2001. And I think we we're in national two then. Well, like we're the bottom of national two. Simon Beefen had just taken over coaching. We were very amateur, mate. So I kind of said, I, I got here and did six months and I literally got the shit kicked out of me in that national two. Cause I come from New Zealand and it's physical, it's fast, but it's, I mean, I was a 21-year-old kid, but it's there's no scrapping. There's no, you know, stuff on the bottom of the malls. It was, it was pretty nice, I thought. Good yeah. rugby. And then I come here and I literally, I thought I was good. And I got the shit kicked out of me for uh, about six months of my life. Uh, and then ended up, went back to New Zealand. And then Simon and those guys offered me kind of to come back for a couple of years. So I said, oh, well, let, let's do it for a couple of years. I was only 21 then. So I thought, I'll give it a go. And, and then literally... We kind of went on from there and then got promoted to the championship and stayed there. So, and then Blacks and those guys come involved like the year after I got there and the Joe Duffies and the Rouseys and all this, you know, the guys we, yeah, we had a good group of guys for a few years, didn't we? So, um, and then just, yeah, never left, mate. Yeah, and then you start dishing the beatings out, don't you? Because you're a bit older and you're a bit older. You learn, mate. You learn fast, mate. It took me six months to learn. Then I thought, shit, I can't keep getting hammered. So, yeah, smart. Yeah, get them before they get you, isn't it? That's the um cool so just so i like to like we, i look back at that period and i just spoke to nick about it and other people that have come on the podcast about the championship in that period and that there was um there was some decent contracts knocking around there was sort of you know there was some some guys were getting up to 50k maybe more at some clubs or whatever and look at a bit with rose tinted glasses a little bit in the heyday of the championship like what how do you compare it to the time you played in it to now the time, I know you've only been back six months to the time now that you're coaching in it and how much has it changed and what are your current thoughts on, on the level of playing and, and where it's come from too? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's oh, for us, it's got a lot younger, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Which is fair enough. Um, we had a lot of guys like you take the me and Rousey's and, and Joe Duffy's and Tim Mollins, those guys that were us. We kind of went through and we stayed for eight, nine years at the club. And like yourself, you kind of were part of the club, really. And we, we, we end of the season, end of the year, when I left, we had a lot of our Fords with 28, 30, 32, like tough, you know, as a physical then, wasn't it? It was uh, pretty robust, you know. And then I look at Nottingham now, which is just a balance of it is and kind of the part time model. We've got a lot of young guys, and the average age is pretty young. But that's, that's just the way it's gone uh, for us. Some clubs are different. You know, I mean, we're coming up Jersey on the weekend and, you know, they were, you know, they were seemed a lot more experienced and a lot older. That's the full-time level, isn't it? The earlings and this lot. Um, and and then, like you say, it goes back to that pay bracket, isn't it? If you, if you haven't got the massive funds, then, you know, some guys want to be full-time. So they, they go to the likes of the Donnies or the, the earlings or, or the jerseys and that kind of thing. So it is, it is a tough balance. Um, but it's still, I've learned pretty quick, it is still physical and it is still, your scrum's got to function, your mall's got to function. So stuff where over probably in Asia and, and even New Zealand is still not, it's very much plain and, and it's keeping the ball alive and that side of it, the super rugby side of it, where here it's pretty brutal and pretty physical and, and the giveaway, the biggest thing we've found, you give away a penalty on halfway and you're under your sticks within four minutes or whatever because the ball's so good and yeah. 
you know, the, the guys are still pretty experienced as well. So we've got to learn, you know, as a club and, and the team we've got, we're going to learn pretty quick. And, and we're, we're probably getting there, but we've, um, yeah, still got a fair way to go. But um, yeah, then, I don't think it's changed massively. I just think it's got a bit younger, if that makes sense. And then sort of in terms of your, your own sort of squad, are you, because of the funding cuts, are you uh, more reliant on, on your dual edge and your, your uh, relationships with uh, a Wasps or a Leicester? You know, is that, does that take up a, a, a good chunk of your squad when you're playing um, the season? Or have you got a, a core group there that you can... Uh, we've got, we got a good... We've got a, and I, we're, pretty, we're pretty lucky. We've got a real good core squad of probably 25-ish, yeah, 28-ish, real good guys. And that's a good balance between some studios, some full-time workers, some other guys. Uh, and then we get, we've got to deal with through Tigers. And we've kind of got a, six of the young academy, senior academy guys that train with us, play a bit with them, Prem Cup stuff or Prem stuff if need be. Uh, but again, these are a lot of young guys are 18, 19, 20 year olds, and they will be bloody good players, but they kind of give them to us to develop them and, and that, which is great. And we've got some good training numbers. And they've, a lot of those guys have been involved in our squad over the whole year. The Joe Brownings and these guys have been playing week in, week out. Um, so that helps because that, you know, if you don't have six, eight of those guys, and you're trying to train on 24, 25-man squad, and it's pretty tough. You get a few injuries, don't you? Um, but, yeah, they do, they, we've got a couple of guys, uh, one guy on loan, or someone who's been here the last couple of years, come up for the next few weeks, centre from Wasps. So we've got that relationship as well. But I'm pretty big on we need guys buying into what we're doing in the club. We need a real good environment. We need, if we're part-time, Guys aren't getting paid crazy money, is it? So you've got to want to come from work. You want to put your boots on and you want to buy into what we're doing. And that's what we're trying to build this year at Nottingham and then going forward. Because that's how I made I captain for nine years. So I remember what I did and what we led and what Glax put on for us and the environment we bet and, you know, we, we built. So I always kind of go back to those days and what the club felt like to me. And that was a big reason for me coming back to this place. Uh, I think, and leaving the lifestyle and, and what we're trying to do in Hong Kong uh, to come back over here and, and see what we can kind of make of Nottingham again and, and see if we can push it up the ranks. So. Yeah, well, mate, it's fascinating listening to that. It's, it's that identity, isn't it? And we speak to people from all different clubs on here. We're quite fortunate. And it's, it is fascinating listening from a horse's mouth how the model at Nottingham works and how it, you know, you're, you're in a good, people talk about the Bedford model and how they can attract players and they've got the part-time and you can offer the roles, the jobs. And, is that something that you'd look you're looking at as well as sort of like because then then you can change the age of your player, can't you as well that you're looking for? So you, if you're, you know, if you're chasing a professional contract and the money's not what it is in the championship, you're probably looking at a Doncaster or a Pirates. Now, if you're at between 25 and 30, where you're looking to transition out, is is there sort of good relationships within the city where you can you can attract those sort of players? Yeah, no, we've got kind of a work play. Um work play rugby scheme kind of thing where we've got we look at like a Carl Kerwin who plays for us who's a great player he works for one of our sponsors we've got a Jack Ramshaw second row Ben Betts all these guys are a little bit older um, and then they've got that tie through a sponsor and they're working full-time and playing for us as well so we've got some really good links so we've got some good people behind us sponsors at the club that want to help that and push that on and that's we kind of need that if we don't have that you ain't gonna offer someone the peanuts and expect them to come for you and find their own job and find their own accommodation. It just doesn't work, mate, as you know. So um, you've had that model for a long time, haven't you? And that relationship with the city and those guys around there helping each other out. So we're, we're kind of, 
you know, Steve Smith, who was at the club for years, him and Felksy and those guys, and, and Alistair Bow, who runs the club, those guys have kind of really pushed for that, and that's where we'll have to go, do you know what I mean? Uh, and we've got to have guys from around this area, and well, there's a lot of players that are around the Nottingham area, but playing for other clubs, and so my challenge is, can we bring a few of those guys back? Can we attract people through some good jobs and, and some opportunities off the field as well? Because we, we need we need that older lot. Otherwise, you say, if you've only got young guys, it's the leadership side of it and the physicality side of the championship is pretty tough, mate. So um, there's a good balance. And, and we've got the good news is I've come back and Alistair Bowe is our chairman. He was our chairman there. Do you know what I mean? I, and certain guys on, on the board, you know, Simon Beefham, who signed me, is on the board as well. So I've got some good relationship with those guys that that have been around the club for years and, and know what I brought as a player and leadership side of it and what I'm trying to bring as a coach. So there's some real good ties in what we're trying to do around the city and, and the club and, and down at Lady Bay and the development as well, mate. So, um, yeah, it is a pretty big model that we're pushing forward. Oh, mate, it's good to hear because like I said we, I, I wasn't aware of that, and I think it's good that that story is being shared. Um, and then just before we finish, it's just it's, this is my the loaded question that always comes in. So <laughs> you're back in the game. It's you know the championship has been stripped of its funding for whatever reason. Okay, what um, or what would be on the wish list for you and the championship in terms of a product? Like obviously you got to look after your own shit as a rugby club, but then the bigger picture, like where, where do you see it in the grand scheme of things and, and the, the benefit of it? Interesting one, eh? Because I left and they were pretty well supported by the RFU and it was, yeah. there's a lot of players that played in the championship that went on to premiership, didn't they? Or could play, prem. they were playing in the championship, they could play prem, do you know what I mean? And we had some real good models go from there. I'm struggling to understand how it's not supported more. And I'm sure everyone says that. Does that make sense? Because, and I think it's great, you know, a lot of the clubs are getting in relationships with with the Prem clubs and us with Tigers and the Wasp Link and that. So, because otherwise these guys in the Prem, the younger guys aren't going to play rugby, are they? No. So you learn pretty hard in the championship to, to learn how to stand up and play rugby pretty fast. And you've got to be able to play if you want those opportunities in the premiership as well. So I think there'll be more clubs joining together, if that makes sense. You know, like the Northamptons were through you guys or, or uh, sorry, for Bedford and that side of it. So I think that'll be over the next couple of years, people realise it. And we've got quite a good relationship now with Tigers, which is helping us. So if we need a player and they're not playing prem and they can come to us, they can come to us for a week or two, which is great. Um, but I'd hope over the next couple of years that the RFU realise how important the championship is. Because otherwise, if there's no funding, mate, it's you can play National 1 or play National 2 and get paid the same money, work and just rock up and put your boots on and jump in. And we don't want that, do we? For me, the championship's a pretty special league. Uh, and you'd hope they'd get back to a bit of funding. And I know it's tough with you know COVID and all that kind of stuff, but they've got to realise it's, it's a future, I think, and it's going to help the premiership out. And it's going to help the give a bit more, define what we're about, I think. But I don't know whether that answers your question. But I, as you'd know, mate, I'm pretty passionate about the championship. And, and when I found out about all the funding cuts and the, the club, and that was a big part of me coming back, trying to see where we can build it over the next few years and, and see what model we need. And, and it's a great challenge, mate. It's, it yeah. means a lot to me, the, the club, to myself and the family and that side of it. So it's a great time to come back and see what we can do. And it's, I, I think for me as well, because it's quite, for me, I'm not affiliated with any club anymore and it's nice seeing 
yourself back in the championship, Rousey giving back to championship. Guys that have done a lot, yeah, Paves and, and Cats down at Pirates. Mikey Ray has been there for Donkeys. And, you know, it's it's a it's a real asset, I think, to the to the wider picture of rugby in this country. And it's I think it's awesome that you're you're back. It's great to see you're enjoying enjoying your time back as well and so passionate about not only Nottingham but about the league. And it's been a been an absolute pleasure to have you on, mate. Right, no, awesome. Just on that, now let's 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 class any of us down. We played Pirates two weeks ago, and having a beer after the game with Paves and and gave them those guys and just chewing the fat about the old days. And you know they they dusted us up, but we sat in the coach's office and had a beer and, and similar kind of chat to this mate, which is as a coach that doesn't happen too often, does it? Do you know what I mean? So, and there's a lot of guys that have kind of been in and around the championship doing a bit of coaching, mate. And that's that, that's because we're passionate about what we do, man. And like yourself, mate, you don't need to do this, do you, mate? But you're giving it out and making people hear you and, and giving a little bit back to what you care about, mate. So appreciate the time and, and, and thanks for having me on, bud. Yeah, cheers, cheers, mate. All the best. Good luck at the weekend. Right. Yeah, cheers, buddy. Cheers, mate.